apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Any Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 2011-28100L. Call for additional details. I'm Joe McGuire. Welcome to another episode of the Closing Time Podcast. Got a very serious topic we're going to be talking about. My friend Jason Caraby from Endicom Business IT Solutions in Rocky Hill is here. We're talking cybersecurity and the possibility of you being hacked, what you could do to prevent it, and what you do if it happens to you. The numbers on this are unbelievable, uh, it, it, and we'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Before we do, uh, very excited about a charity event coming up. I've been asked to emcee a golf tournament. It's my favorite kind of charity event. It's for the Cove Center for Grieving Children. I'd love to see you in attendance. Check out a quick ad and then we'll get into the show. Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022 at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. Please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email Allison at covect.org. The Cove Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchards Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. on the player course. Recent data breach statistics have found that 63% of successful attacks come from internal sources, which is either control, errors, or fraud. We know 33% of data breaches involve social engineering. 43% of data breaches involve small businesses. Unfortunately, the average size of a data breach is 25,575 records. There are 80,000 cyber attacks per day 
which is 30 million attacks uh, per year. This is insane. These are insane numbers. Cybercrime Magazine says the cost of cybercrime will reach $6 trillion worldwide, um, and the cost of ransomware damages will rise to $20 billion. 98% of these cyber attacks rely on, on social engineering. 43% uh, of these small businesses uh, were caught through phishing and other social engineering schemes. This is Jason Garropy, good friend of mine, the business development and operations manager for Endicom Business IT Solutions in Rocky Hill. Uh, Jason, thank you for being here. Uh, you know, we're seeing, and we need to be more prepared. Obviously, there's a situation in Ukraine, but phishing comes through email, which says to me, are people still clicking the links in these scam emails? Yes, unfortunately, um, and, and you're right about that, with, with, uh, what's been happening with Russia as of late. We have to worry now not just about domestic attacks, but foreign attacks as well. And uh, people are still clicking the links, and it's a real problem. And what we need to look at there is helping, in, especially employees of businesses, uh, helping the employees understand what a malicious link looks like and what they should be wary of when they see it. So uh, sometimes these things will come from what looks like a person you know, a trusted source ends up, they're hacked and you're clicking on a link. You, you said there's things we should be looking out for. I, I think I can spot one for the most part, but what sorts of things should you be looking for outside of the, uh, my favorite is, hey, look what I found, check this out. Yeah, usually um, the email will look kind of spammy or fake. Um, They'll have information that's either too good to be true or um, very vague. It will come from an unknown source. There will be embedded links in the email that um, have weird destination URLs or addresses um, that are unfamiliar to you or don't make sense. Um, it might be formatted in a strange way. So there's a number of, of ways to spot it. Um, and also there's software, and this is what we use in our company, there's software you can use to train your employees to look out for uh, these sorts of emails and things of that nature. But would you say too, if you regularly email with somebody and they send something with a weird embedded link and you've probably not gotten something like that from them before, maybe text them and be like, did you send me email before? Right, maybe maybe people need to follow up with people on things that look suspicious. Like that that shouldn't feel like it's um weird or awkward socially to ask somebody or text somebody or call somebody and be like, get a weird looking email from you. I just wanna just wanna make sure this is from you. And they can say yes or no. Exactly. It's all about an ounce of prevention. Um you have to you should be suspicious and um it's 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 worth it to take that minute and a half to pick up the phone or text the person or just double check that this isn't coming from uh, a malicious person. I mean, you have to, it's worth it to take the time, uh, even though it may seem annoying at the time, it's really worth it to, to take the time to, to double check everything. And if you have a doubt or something looks strange, then there's probably a reason for that. Here's another thing that would be kind of annoying, but I think it's necessary and I don't think people are doing this and I don't think they are not often enough how often should we be changing passwords to accounts? Um, despite what um, you may have heard or what the average uh, 
pattern of behavior with that is um, the most common. Right now, the experts advise, and we advise every three months, at least every three months, because, you know, your password can be compromised at any moment. It can end up on the dark web. And if you're using that password multiple places, uh, you know, you're in big trouble if it becomes compromised. So it's worth it to not only use complex passwords, but to change them at least every three months. Every three months. When you first started answering that, I thought you were going to say it's not that important. And then, and then as you started, I thought maybe you were going to say every, but every three months, huh? Yeah, okay. every three months, given the the uh, amount of threats out there and given how much they've increased over the last five or even three years, um, it's, you know, it's been trending, it's been getting worse and worse and higher and more sophisticated protection is now necessary. It's becoming the norm. Yeah. All right. So I have a two part question and you can answer this however you want. The first part of the question is if you're breached and you discover it, who do you call? What type of response uh, should you have? Should you, I would assume, probably should already have a preventative plan in place if you're a small business, because again, this could be a real problem. The second part, and again, you can answer this out of order. How do you detect a breach? What would that even look like? And how would you know if you found one? Well, that's the problem with breaches. A lot of times it, it does go undetected. And so you can be breached uh, and then six months later, you suddenly have a ransomware attack and you didn't know it, but they were maybe in your system over that length of time, uh, planning a breach or uh, viewing or stealing data. And so that's a problem. Um, I mean, the biggest way is, you know, if you have a company that you're working with, you know, similar ours already in place, who's doing 24 seven monitoring, it's a lot easier to spot it. But uh, if you don't, then if you, and you know, sometimes it's weird anomalies, um, you, some of your employees notice that maybe every once in a while it feels like someone else is controlling uh, their cursor or mouse. Um, um, weird, uh, weird things are happening with the computer. Uh, weird stuff is popping up sometimes. The computers, now there's a lot of reasons for this, but sometimes it's because of a breach, your computer's running exceptionally slow or sudden changes in, in the behavior pattern of how your system responds. And, and yes, you're absolutely right. There should be an incident data report already in place. We require all of our clients to already have a breach incident in place, which uh, usually we write up for them because you have to you have to act quick and you have to know uh, what the proper context and, and uh, methods are they, of how you're gonna respond. So uh, it's possible you could be breached and in the uh, Trojan horse, is that is that the term maybe you guys use where that's the, the ransomware sits for a while and then activates down the line. That's a thing too? Yeah, they can enter through a back door and you can have uh, viruses uh, or malware or that sort of thing that that's, that be, that ends up being installed and then, um, you know, it can be a time thing where there's something where they use it against you at some point, either to implement ransomware or to steal data. No, so people understand what your company would be doing if they were monitoring for security. And I think if there's a concern people would have, especially nowadays, because everyone's kind of a conspiracy theorist, but you're not looking at their information, right? You're just more or less looking at activity and looking for abnormalities, or would you be able to see the stuff that they're doing? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. 
So like if, if your company is monitoring somebody's system, are you able to see, I mean, you, you would obviously have to have access to their files and stuff. Is that correct? That's right. We do have access to all their data. We just see it as data. I mean, some of it is PPI, um, you know, personally identifiable information. I'm sorry, PII. Um, some of it's PII and it's, um, you know, it's their personal data. And that's something you have to, that's why you need to work with a trustworthy um, IT company because you have to entrust that sort of, you know, we have we have access to obviously passwords and personal data, but that's, that's what we're there to protect. It's just data to us and we need to keep everyone else from, from accessing it or viewing it. So um, we do have access to it and uh, it's our job to protect it. Just like a bank has access to all your records and, and, and you know, financial uh, securities. Which is why you find a banker that you can trust. Exactly. Right, okay. Um, I just, by the way, uh, not to turn this into a total plug for Endicom, but I went to your office the other day. Great place uh, in Rocky Hill, fantastic location on, on Route 3. Um, really nice office space. Nice team of people over there. Everybody seemed really busy, very polite. Um, how is business and how could people get in touch with you uh, directly if they want to set up? I know you guys do uh, an audit, which, uh, you know, they can they can take part in and kind of figure out what they need or what they currently have or what their current problems are. So what would that process look like, Jason? Yeah, so and I appreciate uh, that. And, and yeah, we, we have a great team of uh, expert engineers that are working you know, around the clock to help protect our customers and, and help keep everyone's infrastructure not only protected, but running smoothly and efficiently. And um, we, um, we're constantly looking to uh, improve that process. And one of the things we've added uh, almost as a requirement for our clients is a cyber risk assessment. It's the first thing we do when we adapt a client. And the cyber risk assessment does a deep dive into your systems and looks for any gaps in security or any potential issues down the road, um, even down to something like the age of your current hardware um, and what kind of software stacks you have, what it may be missing, what could be improved. Now, uh, you and Nick Demanuel from Endicom actually came over to my house and my business uh, because and, and I was very exposed, which was was uh, very helpful. And I think it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know, Jason, right? Until you have somebody come in and they're like, you don't have any antivirus on here at all. I didn't realize that that was the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, we work, you know, as a business to business company, we're constantly working with um, businesses anywhere from, you know, as little as five employees to as many as over 200. So. Um, it doesn't matter your size or how many employees or, or how exposed you may think you are to this sort of thing or how small you are. It's always important that you have a robust multi-layered security uh, you know, protection plan in place with all the right software and the right um, thing, you know, information to, to um, respond to anything that may occur. 43% of cyber attacks are aimed at small businesses. Only 14% of small businesses are prepared to defend themselves against the cyber attack. What steps can, can individuals and small businesses in particular do to protect themselves if they try to do this by themselves? What would be the best method? And, and this is going to run on a real estate show. 
And I have to acknowledge for sale by owner exists. Not a great idea ever, but if somebody were to try to defend them, so what would be the best course of action? Not to tip them off to the trade secrets, but what can you do outside of, say, an antivirus software? Well, the days are gone of just slapping on an antivirus software and saying, okay, I'm done, everything's sell and protected. Um, it's no longer like that. Like I mentioned earlier, it has to be multi-layered, robust, sophisticated security uh, in place. It has to be, uh, ideally, you're working with a professional team uh, like us that focuses on cybersecurity, which means you're getting monitoring 24-7. Uh, it means you're getting a software stack that is going to um, protect you, you know, from all the different angles of, of um, attacks that may occur. It means that you have policies in place for employees. Uh, you already have policies in place about how they should behave and things like when you should change your password, uh, things like how to spot a malicious email. We help train uh, companies, employees, how to spot malicious emails, how to look for, how to be weary if they, if they spot anything like anomaly, an anomaly or anything strange. And we open everybody's eyes to what the possible threats are and how to protect against them. And that's part of the plan too. Also having an incident response uh, plan in place is very important mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of a lot of uh, business owners don't have it. Again, looking at some of these numbers, they're, they're disturbing. 45% of small businesses say the processes they have are ineffective at mitigating attacks. It's like half. 66% have had a cyber attack in the past 12 months. This is, uh, and 69% say the cyber attacks are becoming even more targeted. And again, are coming in the form of email. And, you know, you're a small business owner and every email that might come in, that looks like a potential business opportunity. Of course, you're going to click on it, you know, because you're a small business. And so, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I think, you know, Insurance is one of those things where, where people don't appreciate insurance until something happens and they and they have to file a claim and they get a check back. This is one of those things where until you get a cyber attack, having the security, you're like, ah, what am I really getting out of this? Well, you're getting that peace of mind because from everything I've read, Jason, it, it seems to me that uh, – if you're a small business and you are you are hacked or uh, I know the new thing is where they'll steal your records and then they want you to Bitcoin them millions back. I mean, this could ruin you financially. It also takes a really long time to get everything back on track. I mean, this could potentially and the fact is targeting small business it could put you out of business. This could literally put somebody out of business. If, if they're not really taking this stuff seriously. That's right. Um, unfortunately, many small businesses do not recover from a major breach um, or ransomware attack just because, um, the, just the costs alone, you know, there's laws um, and th there's specific laws that were passed in Connecticut last year. Um, and there's laws in general in every state about um, not only responding to um, well, there's laws about informing all the potential clients that were um, affected as a result of your breach um, that, that their data may have been stolen, that someone may have viewed their personal data. You have to, you have to, just that alone, just having to notify all the customers and clients that there was a breach, that's very costly. 
and then you need to respond to the breach and then you need to fix your existing vulnerabilities and then you have to maybe have a forensic audit of your systems and all that can be very expensive it's a whole lot easier to just have the proper prevention in place beforehand uh it's like you had mentioned about insurance it's a little late when you know the car's already crashed or you know, something unfortunately already happened you know to a family member you're gonna have the it's so much easier and less costly to have that stuff in place before. I actually had an incident right here through this ceiling uh, where water came down and thank goodness it missed all of the equipment, all of the electrical equipment. Uh, and I was talking to, uh, we're gonna talk about our, our, um, our group in a minute. We're in a referral networking group. We're gonna talk about that because this is somewhat relatable, but I was talking to our friend Kelly, who is an insurance agent, commercial insurance agent, and uh, I didn't realize this, but if if you're working from home, and this is my home, my my studio is is the entire basement of my house, and I can, you know, there's tax ramifications to do that. But if you don't have business insurance and your business equipment is ruined, homeowners isn't giving you full value for that. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a real issue too. Yeah, so you you got to find out what kind of. Here's the other thing, to have business insurance is unbelievably inexpensive. I, I was shocked at how low the cost of that was. And not that it mattered what the cost was, because it's, it's one of the, like, I needed it. I was surprised at what, what a great deal it was. Um, cybersecurity, you know, it sounds 24 hour monitoring, that sounds expensive. It's really not, and in the grand scheme of things, the money it would save you if you are one of these in the 50 percentile of businesses every other business is pretty much getting hacked this is going to save you a lot of money long term and a lot of heartache and a lot of problems not only for yourself too as you said you got to go through all the process of cleaning up how about everybody who works for you whose records were breached and they have to go through the process of now protecting themselves and and, and the information that was breached so it even goes beyond you. It's all your actual employees. This, 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 again, not let small businesses are looking to take on an expense, but if you're gonna, it should be something that will protect your entire company and, and all the time and, and investment you put into your company. Exactly. Cybersecurity is no longer a luxury. And I think that, you know, back, back 10, 20 years ago, yeah, you could get away with maybe if you're lucky, just throwing a, you know, an antivirus program on there and you're fine, but that's no longer the case. In the past five years and really ever since 2020 and the pandemic hit, it's been going insane. It's been off the rails and it's something that all businesses have to respond to. And you're not only going to save money, you're going to save your business in a lot of cases. Because like, like I said, many businesses can't recover uh, once they're breached. And uh, you mentioned insurance. That's another thing. Cyber insurance is very important nowadays, too. That's no longer a luxury. Mm -hmm. You really have to have cyber insurance in place. Explain exactly what it's it's exactly, I think, what it sounds like. I was reading up on this just a little bit uh, in anticipation of talking to you, but just explain exactly what cyber insurance is, how it works, and what it applies to. So cyber insurance is going to protect uh, you basically from having, it's going to cover the costs of, for instance, responding if there was a breach, um, it's going to cover the costs of how, if your business insurance plan doesn't already do this, 
of being down a certain number of days while you respond to the incident and all those other costs associated with um, either having a ransomware attack or getting hacked. Now the coverage is based upon uh, how much money you're getting covered for and the different insurance agencies. But insurance agencies are really getting tired of paying ransomware payments and they don't wanna, they're, they're moving to a place where they don't wanna do that anymore. So um, unless um, they wanna, basically it comes down to, they wanna know that you are using all the prevention methods possible in your power before they even cover you. And then once they cover you, um, they wanna, be able to just make sure um, if there was a, is a response that it's very minimal and they can respond. You guys have things in place where you can respond to it quickly and it doesn't get out of hand because if you have a, a full out breach that's been going on for months and it results in a ransomware attack, um, you know, that's going to be very, very costly. And that's, and then even if, you know, your insurance, you do have insurance in place, it's obviously going to go up dramatically. So it's better just to prevent it in the first place. Makes sense. I mean, that's again how insurance works. The more secure you are, the the less likely you are to be a victim, the lower your rate's going to be, exactly. right? If somebody is watching and they're like, yeah, it's time for me to take this really seriously. How could they get in touch with Endicom uh, Business IT Solutions? Sure. Uh, www.endicom.com. Uh, you can also um, write me at jason at endicom.com. And our phone number is 860-266-7900. We're based right out of Rocky Hill, but we do cover all parts of Connecticut and even parts of Massachusetts. All that information obviously is here on the screen. So uh, make sure you give Jason a call. Now, I know this guy really well because you and I are, and I, I wanna talk about this because I think this is really important. It, just in the business world is we're in a BNI group, BNI Somerset, it's called, if you don't know, Business uh, Networking International, really great company, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Uh, and the whole idea is we're in this group together, Jason, with uh, 12 other professionals, uh, real estate agent, mortgage broker, uh, and people uh, in, in, in that sort of professional scheme, financial advisors, couple of attorneys, um, with the idea being, you know, these aren't just people that we're referring to. Like we spend time, we get to know each other. You've been here a couple of times now, oh, yeah. right? We've been out, we've done some things. Uh, you try to build a bond with other professionals. And my accountant who was in the group was like, you should join this group. Uh, a, I'm a prolific networker. I love networking. I didn't realize they had groups where you could do this. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, I love our group, and I think one of the things about our group, and I know you know some people have had failed experiences when it comes to networking, is there's a lot of accountability in here, and and we do meet weekly, uh, you know, with with members of the group, and there's, you know, it's not it's not like um, it's not an encumbering situation where it's like a big part of your day, but to make time to get to know these people especially people who work in similar fields where there's reciprocal business is a really good one. Um, you and, and Endicom are so vital to that group for what you guys do, not only with the cybersecurity, but uh, you know, I just had a situation where this was one of the worst things that ever happened, but my daughter uh, poured a Coke on my laptop, my really good laptop that I go out and shoot all of this stuff with. And 
I wouldn't have known. I mean, I tried to clean it. That didn't work. You know, again, just to have a resource, to have somebody like Jason who knows his stuff, to, to be able to reach out to people like that, to be able to refer my clients to somebody like Jason, a guy, again, who I've gotten to know really well and really like, um, I can't say enough about how much I've enjoyed being in the group. I just did uh, celebrated my, my one year anniversary at BNI Somerset. Uh, you've been one of my favorites, uh, as far as, as getting together and, and really getting to know each other. You and I have a lot of similar interests and I feel like every time we talk, we learn new stuff about each other. And I, it's so helpful because again, when I, as a realtor, when I'm looking to uh, refer a client, I want to know that the person I'm referring them to is going to do a great job, right? I've seen you in action. I've seen you in action working with not only the people in the group, but people they've referred to you. Um, how much do you enjoy the, the networking group, BNI Somerset? And um, has, has, it, has, it been, has it been a helpful thing for you? Absolutely. I mean, um, where else are you going to find a team of committed uh, business owners that are there specifically to help you find referrals, that are there specifically to learn more about you and your business? And, you know, like um, Dr. Eisner talks about, it's about giver's gain. It's about connecting with people and finding ways to help them in their business. And by proxy, they end up helping you in your business and you um, you expand your network and you, um, and if you're not careful, you just might find a great friend. So um, it's all about, you know, it, it's fun, it's engaging. And what do you know, at the end of the year, you have a whole lot more business. So that's one of the best things I ever did. And, and, and like, I wouldn't know as much as I know now about podcasting if it wasn't for you. So it's great connecting with you as well. Yeah, see, uh, there's so much to, to get out of that. I would, we're doing a visitor's day in a, in a few weeks. Uh, you can come check it out. We do it by Zoom uh, Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. You can uh, email BNI Somerset, S-O-M-E-R-S-E-T, visitor at gmail.com if you want to come and check it out. I'm telling you. Um, I joined Jason because I've been in the media business for most of my entire life, my uh, entire adult life. This is all I've ever done. I start, but I worked for other people, right? I started my own business running a media company. It's the weakest part of what I do. I do. I mean, I'm not a businessman. I don't know how to run a business day to day. And I thought, man, to, to be able to work with people who are real business people who run businesses, you know, you're an operations manager, you, you know how to like run a business and to be able to pick people's brains uh, who know that kind of stuff really helps me because I know the media part. I don't know the business part. And so for me, that was a big part of it. And again, just to, to be able to get around so many people who, I mean, really just take their business very seriously and see this networking group as an opportunity to, you know, again, network and, and expand your business and just get your name out there. Because at the end of the day, people have to know what it is that you're really good at that they're missing out on and, and not partaking in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean... Um, you're not going to engage, you know, even if you go to an after work event, you're not going to get this level of engagement anywhere else. I mean, this is a group of people that end up trusting each other that are in the same place, you know, every week and engaging and taking deeper dives with each other about their business. 
and they're able to swap stories about what made their business so successful and how you know you pick up all these tips and, and great ideas from other business leaders and uh you know it's, it's really that alone is, is worth the price of admission you know not to mention the main reason you're there which is to give and, and, and receive referrals and grow your business the other part of it for me is i've had a chance to help a lot of people you know to build their business and that sort of help build out their brand uh because of what i do which is i offer media services which was something that the group didn't have and 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 they've talked to other groups about you know you guys should probably get one of these get one of these kind of guys in there it just makes sense so it's been it's been fun for me to grow my business by helping the other people in the business uh, in the group grow their business you know again it's just very much in in the spirit of of what bni is and um yeah i'm so glad i met you before we wrap this up let me ask you because you know this stuff better than i do what other things do people need to be aware of as far as cybersecurity, as far as just the whole your whole computer network in general what what have i not mentioned that maybe i should be asking you about and then i probably don't have myself uh the most important thing really is you know and and this is kind of cliche and plumbers will tell you this and electricians will tell you this just don't don't do it yourself you know unless you're already a bona fide expert and this is your level of expertise it's not worth it first of all um you don't know what you don't know so unless you've been in the it industry for years and whether you use our business or another it business um you want to work with an it professional um what makes us stand out a little bit more is we have a very strong focus on cybersecurity, and we like to make our comfortable our customers informed and we like to make them comfortable and we like to help them grow their business too but but no matter who you work with just work with some kind of it professional you have a big infrastructure there's a lot of things that can go wrong besides just you know cyber attacks and that sort of thing so you're going to want to work with, with a professional um as you and your company grow in order to be successful uh, that's probably the biggest uh bit of advice i can give uh any business owner all right, Jason, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Very insightful stuff. Jason Carby, the Business Development and Operations Manager for Endicom Business IT Solutions in Rocky Hill, Connecticut. Again, information right here. Uh, check those guys out. You'll, you'll be very pleased with the professionalism and, and the knowledge. Um, Jason, thanks a lot. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, Joe. As we are in another year living through a worldwide pandemic, it's important to protect yourself and your loved ones. You've worked hard for the things you have and for the people you share them with. But what if something tragic happened to you? While it's dark and difficult to think about the prospect you won't be around in the future, it will be a reality one day. If you have young children, who will be your children's guardian? If you've been divorced and remarried, Will your children from your prior marriage be taken care of? Or if you want to donate to a certain charity after you pass, will those wishes be fulfilled? 
What will happen to your assets and your estate? If you already have a will or trust, you enjoy that peace of mind. If you don't have a will or trust, contact attorney Nia Serdosky at NCS Law, 860-966-9968. Attorney Serdosky is an estate planning attorney in Connecticut who can explain the differences and benefits of wills and trusts and give you the peace of mind that your affairs are in order and that your loved ones and your estate are provided for and safe. NCS Law, practicing peace of mind. 860-966-9968. Nia at ncsestateprobatelaw.com. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut.